Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. insert my own music for you. I like it. (laughs) This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off the initiative and pangs. I believe that's pronounced fangs. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yep. So this week we'd like to welcome Stacker Megan. Hello. Yay. Hello. <laughs> uh, so Megan is the host of Chaotic Neutral Adventures. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a choose your own adventure podcast. That's correct. Can, and just in case um, other stackers aren't aware of your ama- amazing podcast, uh, do you want to describe it to them? I will do my best. <laughs> uh, so basically it is a choose your own adventure podcast, which means that when you, uh, when you tune in and listen to the first track, you get part of a story. And at the end of each track, you get to make a choice and that choice will determine how the story progresses. We're still pretty early kind of in our story phases, but, uh, it's been pretty fun. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, and each one is like a, a a different theme that's kind of all all kind of geeky stuff that's really fun yes, too. Yes, yes, yeah. my inner nerd has found its its soulmate in this podcast. <laughs> I really like your uh, Dungeons and Dragons esque podcast. Like, I know that's not the title, but it's it's very reminiscent of Dungeons and Dragons, which yes. is a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, but my favorite is the young adult one, which obviously <laughs> yeah. is spoofing uh, Hunger Games, which I just, I'm a big yeah. fan of Hunger Games. <laughs> and Maze Runner and Surgeon and every other grayscale <laughs> right. teenage post-apocalyptic drama. Yes, yes. Well, and and now, by the time that this episode airs, I will also have some fantastic voice acting from our very own hosts, Kristen and Mike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So all of those stackers, you need to tune in and listen, because it's it's pretty fantastic. Not to toot my own horn. And where can they tune in? Oh, uh, so you can find me on iTunes, um, just Chaotic Neutral Adventures. You can also find me on Facebook, uh, also Chaotic Neutral Adventures. Um, I'm also on Twitter, sort of, kind of passively, uh, at Chaotic Podcast. <laughs> uh, so you're obviously here not just as a fellow podcaster, but also as a Buffy fan. Yes. So when did you first find Buffy? So I actually found Buffy when it was still on air. Uh, I was about 11 years old, which is embarrassing sometimes. But uh, I started watching it with my mom, and it kind of became the show that we would do every week. Um, even when Angel started, we started adding that to our repertoire as well. As well. So, so yeah, the Buffy is kind of like home to me. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> What do you, do you think it was about the show that made it like something you guys both really enjoyed? Uh, so I think it was, it was the characters themselves. So just kind of the quirkiness of everybody and the genuine like feeling of family between everyone. It, it, I don't know, it just kind of struck a chord with us, I think. And, um, at least for the first couple of seasons, it wasn't so adult themed, which I think my mom appreciated. Uh, sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, and by the time it gets to like crazy crypt sex, you, you probably won't <laughs> that that's not too crazy. Right. Yeah. True. Although watching that with your mother is always awkward, regardless of how old you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, although I I will say I learned a fun fact uh, this weekend. Um, so my college roommate uh, and I were hanging out, and she mentioned that her aunt was best friends growing up with Joss Whedon. <gasps> I know. <laughs> So she's going to introduce you, you're going to hang out, and you're going to introduce us. Exactly. Exactly. We'll all hang out, have pool parties in L.A. It'll be fabulous. And then we'll all be, like, writers or have cameos in his (laughs) next, like, TV project. It'll be great. That's right. Sounds great. Yeah, it'll be perfect. (laughs) So that's the the plan focused. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it about two weeks before that happens. I'm on it. I'm on it. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Now let's head into the Sunnydale Stacks and open the books on the initiative. I'm like in the stacks now. It's exciting. <laughs> Just take a book off the shelf, man. Yeah. Give it a good smell, like Giles smelling <laughs> the pages. Oh, Giles smelling pages. Aww. It's very cozy. Not if you're in the UC Sunnydale stacks. Those are uh, oh, that's true. a little cavernous. You get an echo. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so Forrest, Riley's buddy, really into women. Just like as a species, <laughs> separate from himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds a bit like a nature documentary at That's times. how he talks about them, yeah. 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 Very respectful. <laughs> the, the most respectful. <laughs> uh, he's hoping that this rare breed will flock to his party. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, lay some eggs. I don't know. That mm. went to a weird place. I was a little concerned that at some point a predator was going to attack, and we would have to get into that part of the nature show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we all know who the predator is. Parker. <laughs> I mean, like, registered. <laughs> yes. So, the, the, I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, Mike, but men are weird. Yeah. This yeah. is a weird thing happening. Do men really <laughs> talk like this? I mean, none that I want to spend any time with, but I've definitely Fair. heard men talk like this. Um, I was actually at a party a short while ago and made the mistake of talking to somebody who was a really big fan of, uh, I think it's called The Game? Uh, or the question. It's that guy who has the weird, is the weird pickup artist. Okay. And he was talking about, yeah, it's like every time I go to the bar in the club, it's like everybody read that book and they're all trying to, you know, peacock and neg. And I'm like, who am I talking to? This sounds like a parody oh, of a person. Gross. Yeah. So that was, no, that was very no. awkward. Um, so yeah, those guys do exist. Um, hopefully, Seckers, you're not among them. <laughs> or if you are, you'll grow out of that phase real quick. Yikes. <laughs> So you saying you and Forrest are not buds? Ah, uh, no, no, not, uh, not, uh, for, I mean, unless, like, Riley invites me to something and Forrest is there, like, I, I guess I might, Riley seems nice <gasps> enough. Who, who's the other guy? Wait, it's Grant. I just call him other guy. Other guy? There's no defining characteristics. He's just, they needed three guys. Grant seems fine. He's, so apparently he's supposed to be a Canadian character that they, like, never really address the fact that he's Canadian. They had never. No, they no. definitely never bring that no. up. That's insane. <laughs> Which they should. There could be so many great that Canadian would be interesting. jokes. Yeah. yeah. No, that missed opportunity. Definitely a missed opportunity. <laughs> so Forrest checks out Buffy. I do like that. The girl's so hot. She's Buffy. It makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> but I feel like making up words in the '90s was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's. 
She's it's, so hot. She's Buffy. He's trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch a thing. <laughs> that is entirely what this is. Although I would probably be down for like, ah, oh, she's Buffy. <laughs> but Riley finds her peculiar. Oh, she's so unusual. That's what I kept thinking every time that line is said. Because, you know, it's a, a running gag. So I keep thinking of like Cindy Lauper. She's so unusual every time. I don't know what you're referencing. You know the musician Cindy Lauper? I do know her. Um, like surprisingly, she had... even though she's not in sync. No, she is not in sync. Um, in, in, in you could say more than one ways. Um, <laughs> uh, but like that was uh, I forget if it was actually on one of her songs or just like in a music video, and it was kind of like. I think it might have even been one of her biographies or something was called this. Is she's so unusual? It was kind of like a catchphrase she had. Do you not know this? Either? I don't know this one. Sorry. <laughs> At least somebody else is joining my my weekly uh, <laughs> Mike explain your reference <laughs> moment. I guess I'm the one that's so unusual. <laughs> but Riley finds that adorable, Yay. Yay. and no wonder he finds her peculiar. It's like she's never poured a soda or <laughs> yogurt ever in her life. Oh. Yeah, where did that come from? I feel like she was not accident prone or clumsy throughout pretty much most of the series, and now suddenly she can't walk with two feet. Yeah, it's like the the drug from Helpless came back into mm-hmm. her system, mm-hmm. like just some residue <laughs> left over, and she's like, ah. I'm maybe trying to like, oh, she's in this new environment, just so she's not comfortable with it, but like. They must have had soda machines somewhere <laughs> she's been before. Well, at least the frozen yogurt, that one I always attribute to, she's so strong that she broke the handle. Oh. I believe so that's that. like, oh, because she's a slayer. But like <laughs> the soda machine, it's like, it, no, just stop it. Yeah. And some of the sound effects in this sequence are a little cartoony. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it is a very cartoony sequence, though. Yeah. yeah. But I like that they're not commenting on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the those black and white commercials of like how not to make pasta because you're just throwing yes! it all over the kitchen and then they go to yeah. like some other shot of like now pasta for idiots. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to do an impression of is the is the um the infomercials where it's just like isn't bread the worst? You're like oh, oh, oh. Or just like 50 I'm, slices of bread just like fumbling through your fingers. It's a boing. <laughs> Like, you have to give that really disappointed, frustrated look of, like, ah, oh, God, my life is so hard. It's hard for me to do this impression via audio. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much a visual impression yes. that I'm doing right now. Trust me, stackers, it's great. <laughs> You'd be laughing so hard. I do like imagining the backstories of all those people, because, like, what in their life has led the, the, the failure to cut a slice of bread, let's say, to be the most disappointing thing that's ever happened to them, making them frustrated as if they had just... Lost the Super Bowl by scoring points for the other team. (laughs) This is the defining moment of my life. Oh, juggling (laughs) bread slices. Damn it. It's all all a perfect setup. So they're like, sliced bread was not so great, guys. Just not so great. (laughs) So mattressable? Is that... Have we heard people... Mattressable. That's gross. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, that's... There's really no way around that. That's, well, this makes me think about, I think we talked about on the Haiti Remember Lost Boys episode. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug. Listen to Haiti Remember. We were the Lost Boys. <laughs> Little sister. Um, so we were talking about the difference between boy crushes and girl crushes. Mm-hmm. And how, like, if oh, a yes. girl has, like, a picture of, like, a teenage heart 
heartthrob or like a poster of a teenage heartthrob, it's not like, I want to do him. <laughs> it's like, I want him to hold my hand and tell me I'm pretty mm-hmm. and yes. then be my boyfriend. Aww. But men are like, mattressable. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a scale of like, it's mattressable and then there's like other furniture like, she's couchable. <laughs> she's only love seatable. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I take her on the lazy boy, but only with the the feet propped down, not propped up. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. Uh, I like how Buffy bails on the frozen yogurt. She just leaves it. <laughs> Although I've I've been there before where you break something, you're like, oh god, I'm this was not me. I'm just gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> My notes say like I would do this. This is something I would do. <laughs> like, yep, just mm, I'm out. I'm gonna it's your problem now. <laughs> guy after her that it does become his problem. <laughs> He's like, oh shit. I, I would love if at the end of this episode it just cut back to the cafeteria and it was just swimming in frozen yogurt. <laughs> that would be the best you'd eat your way out. Oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's just go to a cafeteria and break the frozen yogurt and be like, it's research for a podcast. <laughs> and then eat all of it. What could go wrong? It's good yeah, for the skin. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, remember when some soldier types zapped Spike? Oh, I love that moment. (laughs) Remember when that happened? Yes. Whatever happened to him? Um, he apparently got put into the film Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) Oh my god, he did! (laughs) Holy crap! That's canon now, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely same universe, all, one world, meshed. Mm -hmm. Yes! (laughs) So, like, the initiative was a branch of whatever, I forget what they called it in Cabin in the Woods, the, like, group of people making the, the cabin craziness. Making the mermen. Yeah. No. Oh, I guess spoiler alert for Cabin in the Woods. But if you're listening to a Buffy podcast and you even watch Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> what, what's what's wrong with your life? Go do that. It's great. Also, mermen. I just... Mermen. <laughs> Although, the unicorn was also pretty impressive. He got a... Yeah, oh, yes. He got a good... That was great. Good little appearance. <laughs> Uh, so Spike is in a glass cage, and it's electrified, and he's got buddies with him. Oh, yeah. So that's nice. So, credits. Did they just replace mm-hmm. Seth Green's credits with James Marsters? Yes, they this sure is did. the episode that happens. I'm, I'm sad about Seth Green, but that's a pretty good substitute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's an upgrade, but we've talked about this. I'm not the biggest Oz fan. I am an Oz fan, fan, but I'm a bigger Spike yeah. fan, so it works. <laughs> Uh, so, Giles is sketching Soldier Boys, which isn't, I mean, like, it's just a job. <laughs> you make it sound like it's a pastime of like, I'm just sketching Soldier <laughs> Boys, you know me. Which I don't know why they need a sketch. All I'll just say is, like, it's a dude in tactical gear. But more <laughs> importantly, very soon here, Giles is going to have some very questionable artistic skills in Hush. Yes. Famously terrible. Hmm. And yet in this one, he's freaking Monet. Maybe he did like a a painting spell to make him really good at art. And then he (laughs) has to chant the spell, Mm -hmm. which is why he couldn't do it in Hush because he has no voice. Uh, Continuity restored. Boom. Figured it out. Perfect. It could also be medium. He, uh, you know, he just can't handle the overhead projection screens. That's hard. That's true. That's hard to work That's, with. You can't do shading. <laughs> yeah. He's really. A, he's a pencil guy. Right. So Buffy is going to try to chirp a very sad, sad willow. Mm. Uh, and therefore Giles and Xander can patrol. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just poke around in their little buddy cop comedy. <laughs> Some weird 
over uh, narration. Eh. I'm not going to lie. I would watch Giles and Xander Adventure. Like, that's... They should have had their own spinoff. It would have been fantastic. <laughs> I, yeah. They open up a private eye shop. Yes! <laughs> like, next door to the magic shop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes! They basically just eat scones and draw terrible figures of army men. <laughs> and then, like, Xander makes a pop culture reference and Giles cleans his glasses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> We should trademark this. Someone's going to steal it. I don't think we could trademark a spinoff of somebody else's characters. Okay, then call the WB. <laughs> you have their number. Oh, WB? What's that? You haven't existed for seven years? <laughs> Who owns that? Fox? Well, no, it's it's now it's the CW. The CW. Oh, then call the CW. You're wasting time. <laughs> I mean, I would rather call the WB because then I could talk to Michigan J. Frog. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> So in the lab, one of Spike's buddies, a.k.a. that Sunday gang fam that went mm-hmm. missing, lets Spike know that the blood is drugged. So, hey, don't drink that. Yeah. Uh, they assume that the lab is somehow the work of the Slayer because she's just so damn smart. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you you know she doesn't have giant laboratory resources, Yeah, right? no, we're... They, that's a leap. You're yeah. reverting her back to boogeyman status mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> So I'm a little confused about this whole drugged blood thing, because he makes a comment about being experimented on after you get drugged. But sure. it's very clear, and I guess later on, that Spike had already had his chip implanted. What I assume is that they implant, they put the implant in you like when you come in, and then after you pass out from the drugs, they test the chip uh. to see if it really works and what's like its mm. limitations. And I mean, as we learn later in the series, there's more experiments they do. So I imagine maybe the chip implant isn't that invasive of a procedure. Adam almost had peroxide blonde hair. Uh, oh, no. That's what he was missing, really. <laughs> then I would have been on board. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been the biggest fan. Yeah, if Adam was like part spike. <laughs> With the accent. Mm-hmm. But, but only like half the accent. <laughs> It's just Adam wearing the duster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we just, we all know. <laughs> there was, uh, so there was another piece of that where Spike had mentioned that it could have been Nazis, or he made some off offhanded comment about Nazis having some experimental thing. Mm. And apparently that is hinting at a Angel episode where he yes. talks about a World War II experiment where he was captured by Nazis to create a vampire army. Well, there is, uh, the, uh, the episode that they have flashbacks to him in, I think it's a Nazi submarine or is it an American, it's an American submarine, but he's got a Nazi jacket. Yeah. So. Oh, right, right now I'm remembering. Yeah. Uh, Buffy's in class, pen exploding, funny because mm-hmm. she's dumb and smart and whatever. <laughs> <This is laughs> she's so unusual. <laughs> Buffy is sure that Oz will return to classes, but Professor Walsh will not take him back. I actually used this quote today. Today. When people were were talking about making... It was some legal case, and they were talking about making an exception for someone. I was like, oh, you'd like to think your exception is exceptional. (laughs) But because I am neither a freshman nor a narcissist. Although, the most important thing we learn in this scene is Oz's first name. Right? Daniel. Daniel Osborne. Yeah. I feel like it's very interesting that they made it this long without even indicating that Oz was like a nickname for his last name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like posthumously, we're giving you a, a first and last name. Right. So you're not on the show anymore. So Buffy tells off Professor Walsh, which, to Professor Walsh's credit, actually makes her like Buffy more. Yeah. I like that, like, she's not just defensive, but just mm-hmm. like, okay, no, I like her. She's great. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good character beat. And don't you think she's peculiar? She's so unusual. <laughs> I also just like the specific use of the word peculiar. You don't see it that often. It's a good word. Yeah. That, yeah, definitely not something that you would describe another individual with. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd probably say weird, but peculiar is so much more descriptive. So you're saying the use of that word is peculiar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just nodding. Okay. I think you just, you need to add video of Mike's smugness when he says these things. It's <laughs> so, so proud, great. He? <laughs> he gets so proud. <laughs> uh, so BS Military Xander is a giant thief. Just a criminal. Yeah. Just the worst. You're getting court-martialed or whatever it is they do. No, to mil- yeah, all right, go yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. vocabulary. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he just stole a bunch of shit. Yeah. So now he's got guns. Which he he does a lot, and it's weird, like, even with military training, I'm surprised they train you to, like, steal from the military so well. Yeah, pretty. Also, uh, okay, so now I'm thinking, A, that he maybe he wasn't actually an army guy. Maybe mm-hmm. he was, like, the camo was just, like, um, who are those people that don't believe in government or rules? An anarchist? That yeah. maybe, sure. Like a, sure. he was an uh, a, a anarchist militia. Yeah, and that's that's what he really was. But he said, "Oh, I'm in the military." Right, but like of his own nation state yeah. that is his backyard. <laughs> uh, also, I don't think he has a gun license. Probably right? not. <laughs> I mean, does it count if you're the person you changed into a couple Halloweens ago had a gun license? No. No? Because I don't think you have the physical piece of paper. What if What if he, really quickly, we didn't see, he registered for a gun license while he was a uh, military guy. That would be weird that they were open so late on Halloween. <laughs> I like that we're concerned that the, the guns he stole, he's not registered for. <laughs> I mean... Oh, yeah, man. I'm a big believer in rules. <laughs> Have we talked about I'm a giant nerd? <laughs> like, I need to know he's following the letter of the law. In some respect. It doesn't matter if it's the whole thing. <laughs> uh, so Forrest asks Smelly Parker eyebrow face for details on Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's his full name, right? <laughs> Smelly Parker. <laughs> Parker's his middle name. Yeah, he goes by his middle name. <laughs> Smelly Parker eyebrow face. Uh, <laughs> Forrest goes and talks to him about it, so mm-hmm. I really don't like Forrest. Yeah, not not great to like introduce one of your kind of tertiary characters. And one of the first things you learn about him is that he's buds with Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I won't really dignify what he says, Ugh. but mm. Riley punches him, which I like, and that's great. Yes, super satisfying. Although, so... It had been a while since I had watched Beer Bad, so I forgot that Buffy already, you know, kind of... Clubbed him. Yeah, got her fun little punch in. But there was a part in that's like, you know, as satisfying as it is to watch Parker get punched, regardless of who's delivering it, I really just wanted Buffy to kick the kick the living crap out of him, you know? <laughs> like, yes. that just felt so much better if it had been her. 
Yeah, but I like this because it's like Buffy's not there. He's mm-hmm. not doing this like to impress her or anything. Right. Yeah. It's li- and like he's literally like, "Oh, this was just instinctual of like mm-hmm. I don't like it when you hurt when you say bad things about the girl. The same way I feel about when someone hurts Willow." Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I guess we're glad we've never had a guest who really hates Willow because I think Kristen and I would have would have killed them. It's good that we're doing this over Skype so that if you insult Willow, we're not going to hurt you. Although I might break my computer. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I don't even know how that would be possible. She's like the most adorable character that's ever been written. (laughs) Clearly, you're a monster if you're not a Willow fan. Just I'm putting it out there. You knew she was going to get you, you Willow hating monster. It's, it's one of their tests when they first zap you. <laughs> Do you like Willow? No? Okay, well, you're clearly evil. <laughs> well, it's cool because the initiative doesn't really keep their people in check very well, so you could just escape <laughs> anyway later. That's true. Uh, so Riley figures out that he likes Buffy. Aww. Friggin' duh. <laughs> but it's cute. But you know why? Because what? she's so unusual. <laughs> It is really cute, though. Why can't he stay this way? He's um, just so adorbs. Because because they didn't really know what to do with him after the end boring. of the season. Yeah. Uh, so I really think that we needed this post Oz and post Parker. Mm-hmm. Like we just need this the Twitter patter phase, which is always really cute. Yeah. And there's a really nice guy that isn't hurting one of the women we love. Yeah, we kind of need to prove that love isn't dead. That. <laughs> Not all men are evil. Besides somebody, Giles. Yeah. Somebody that actually knows how to, like, treat Buffy appropriately. That's good. Right. Mm-hmm. Good things. Uh, but he is the only non-douchey guy on campus, and I feel like that's a little too convenient. Like, yeah. it's a little, like, reverse sexism on the writer's part. And I'm like, I mean, there's gotta be one other I mean, one. there's other guy. He's so bland, he might be a nice that's guy. That's true. I kind of like Grant. I kind of <laughs> like to think of him, like, maybe he's gay, just because we need, like... We need, we lost Larry. Yeah. Like, just statistically, he's got to be gay, right? Or or Canadian. We know so little about him. You could project whatever you want to onto him. Gay or Canadian? I don't know. He could be both. Yeah. I I really hope it's not mutually exclusive unless there's really messed up stuff going on in Canada I haven't heard about. Uh, So back at the lab, Spike fakes being drugged to take out a doctor and escape. Love that line. Got to go see a girl. <laughs> Get her. As, it's funny, as much as I want to protect Buffy, I also like just really like when they face off. So like my instinct is like, go get her. <laughs> can we can we talk about for just a second how terribly managed that whole process was of getting a hostile out of containment? Yeah, with like no guards or security around, just this one lone scientist just yeah. handling a hostile by himself. I'm gonna assume that he didn't take a nap. But he is actually, yeah. Yeah, just just terrible. For being, like, a high government sort of underground lab, super secretive, nobody's ever found out about you until this moment, I feel like it's, it's there's some loose ends. This is not the first time this has happened, I'm going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the smartest plan. Someone else has figured this out. Another thing that's kind of uh, really horrible about how they run this whole place is that it takes them several hours to get their military guys to go after the escapee. Yeah. It's like, did they not notice? They had to finish classes. I know, like, <laughs> no, you can, like, get them out of class. I'm, I'm, I assure you that the intro to biology class they're taking can wait. <laughs> it's midterms. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Those are <laughs> yeah. 
Attendance is mandatory. <laughs> uh, so I, what I found super weird about this is that, like, so Spike has superhuman strength, right? Mm-hmm. He's a vampire. The doctor, like, subdues him with just one hand uh, holding him by the throat. And then, like, both of Spike's hands and, like, holds Spike's other hand. But, like, your left hand's free. <laughs> also, that guy doesn't have superhuman strength. Well, I mean... Punch. Maybe Spike's kind of like weak just from not eating for a while and being in captivity. You and your logic <laughs> ruining everything. Well, and I'm sure they wanted to keep the surprise of like, oh, he can't fight people, even though he he kind of oh fair like yeah. pushes a lot of people, which yeah questionable about how effective that chip is. <laughs> Pushing doesn't count. I guess pushing's okay. You can just shove people. <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe you could say that the chip was still activating or like it was, I don't know. Retconning. Yeah. <laughs> so Riley shows up at Willow's Mope Fest. Mm. He wants some advice before he asks out Buffy. That's cute. Mm-hmm. I feel like most guys don't like do their research. <laughs> well, some people could consider that stalking. <laughs> Other people could also consider that just like maybe get to know the person first instead of going to their friends. Like just. Yeah. Be a person and start a conversation like normal humans. Mm-hmm. I do I do kind of appreciate the phrase of corded. Like he's I have that in my her. notes too. I love that. It's That's adorable. So <laughs> Although I'm not gonna lie, there's a little bit of me that feels like Willow and Riley would have been a much better match. That would have been cute too. Yeah, actually threesome. The, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not where I was going. Um, who's the forest now? Um, I, I just love the idea of, I know this would never happen, somebody listening halfway through the podcast and just hearing that and not realizing that we're talking about the character of forest. And I'm just accusing you of being a forest. Um, but yeah, I feel like, and also the relationship probably wouldn't have ended as weirdly if it was... Willow and Riley. Maybe still, though, because she's a super strong witch goddess warrior woman. But I feel like they would complement each other because, like, she's got, like, the supernatural powers. But if it comes to, like, hand-to-hand stuff. She would still need him. Yeah. To be the manly man. And then if there was something where it's like, I'm a super powerful warlock, you'd be like, oh, I can't do anything. (laughs) Willow, protect me. They would complement each other. They'd be a good team. So I will... So. I do like that Willow's kind of breakdown of their relationship, or well, yeah. of her relationship, is totally a foreshadow of what's going to happen with Buffy and Riley. It is. It totally is. I wonder if yeah. they thought that's where it was going, or if that was just, you know, how Willow's feeling at the time. I feel like that's where most, <laughs> if your relationship ends, that's kind of the story of most, <laughs> most relationships that don't end well. Um, but I also like that it's her, this is her heartbreak speaking, that she's so freshly hurt from Oz that, and the puppies hurt too. Yeah, the dog hurts for her too. <laughs> Ivy's like, the no, really Willow! <laughs> That's how I feel all the time. Oh. Uh, she's so freshly hurt from Oz that she's just kind of, you know, not eager to send Buffy down what is obviously the path of heartbreak. But her pointers to him that Buffy likes cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, even though I do have a very good friend who hates cheese, uh, and it's like the biggest bone of contention in our friendship. It's not like lactose intolerant or like I'm a vegan, just like I don't like cheese. I, 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 that is a deal breaker. <laughs> like, how can you not 
Like, do you do you not understand it? <laughs> Where have you been getting bad cheese only? Have you, have you tried cheese? Is it stuck on the fact that like it's mold? No, no. She just like okay, hates sorry. the the. I don't know if it's more the taste or the texture. I'm like, so the two best parts of where you hate? <laughs> so I feel like there's a whole spectrum of cheese. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what I'm stuck on. Like, if it's one thing, if you're like, I don't like brie. I'm like, no. I mean, I love brie, but that is a strong tasting cheese. I can, I can get behind that. Or like, mm-hmm. right. I don't like craft slices. I mean, that's yeah. fair. That's not real cheese. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, being opposed to the entire world of cheese. It's very, very judgmental. It's very discriminatory. I don't appreciate yeah. that. Mm-mm, no. no. It's cheesist. Introduce that exactly. person to feta. It's amazing. <laughs> you ruined my note that says Riley is lactose intolerant, and therefore the relationship nope. is doomed. <laughs> fine. Well, no, because then anytime cheese is around, he can just automatically give it to Buffy. That would be actually perfect. Yeah. We were just talking at dinner last night about um, the fact that Chris doesn't like pickles, which makes me happy because every time we get burgers, I get to eat his pickles. <laughs> yes! Win for me. <laughs> uh, like, like, don't get fresh. Fresh? I don't know. We like each other yet. Aww. He's so different from Parker. He's not like, Literally how do is. I get into your friend's pants? He's like, I want to just test the waters and see if we like each other. Now, Riley is somebody I could imagine having a poster up on his wall and being like, oh, I just want to hold her hand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, season four, Riley. Aw. <laughs> so cute when it starts. <laughs> so Spike returns to Unicorn Loving Harmony. Uh both put in the poster up. I love it. But I'm really sad for her when she when she just accepts him back. Like, he says, I missed you when she Aww. forgives it and then he tries to like grope her leg. I'm like, no. Yeah. Girl, you've been reading all those articles. Yeah. yeah. It it get, gives a real like uh Joker Harley vibe in this scene. It does. Yeah. Yes. I like it. It's I mean I I don't like it as, like, if it were really happening, it's terrible. But as, like, <laughs> an interesting scene, it's good. It's a form not, of entertainment yes. and fiction, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, like, hey, this is not healthy. Don't, don't <laughs> be like this. No. Yes, the super lighthearted version of terrible relationship. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I'm going to kill the Slayer for you, my little mentholated pack of smokes. <laughs> I love how he's terrible at nicknames, yeah. especially because he's so good at it. With other people, like, it's clear he doesn't care about Harmony, mm-hmm. because when he talks about the Slayer or Dawn, he always has cute little nicknames. Yeah. But for her, he's like, I just really need a cigarette. Where <laughs> did I leave those? Yeah, it's just like, she's a utility, so it's, the nicknames are just like something, it's like, I guess like the pack of smokes. Yep, sure. <laughs> Creme brulee. <laughs> Buffy and Willow arrive at the party. Uh, Willow has gone from not wanting to be Riley's accomplice to being a full-on spy. It's so cute. If you hurt her, I will beat you to death with a shovel. Vague <laughs> disclaimer is nobody's friend. <laughs> One of these days, I will own a for real business. And I will need legal mumbo-jumbo and small print at the bottom mm-hmm. of something. And the very last asterisk will be a vague disclaimer is nobody's friend. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And no one will ever sue me because they'll just be like, I get it. I like yeah. the reference. We're good. <laughs> That's how the law works. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> uh, but I think we, we are missing out on the most important aspect of this scene. They use the song Body Rock, which, oh boy, does that take me back <laughs> to late 90s, early 2000s. Because that song was in everything and in the worst way. 
Oh, I was. I thought you were going to say in everything and everyone. I was like, what? It was. <laughs> what is happening? And a body rock to you all. <laughs> oh, Riley is such a dork. He can only mm. talk to Buffy about homework. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's adorable and true to life. Like when you just like. Did I tell the story yet about Chris and mine first date? I don't know if you said it on the podcast. Okay, our first date. Um, Chris and I went to dinner and movie and a walk in a park. It was really cute. But as we met at work. It was the first time we had hung out. Well, the second time we had hung out outside of work and like the first time in like, I'm like, okay, we're actually, we're going to try to date and not just like do stuff for work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were out to dinner, it, it was so funny. We kept trying to like find things to talk about, but the only thing that like, we were used to talking about together was work. So we just kept talking and complaining about work and, <laughs> and kind of saying to each other, like, okay, but we're, st- we're going to stop and we're going to talk about something mm-hmm. else. But like, no, it would just come back to work. Aww. It was cute. Uh, yes. I have absolutely been in that situation where you're like, I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> so you just sort yeah. of default to like the worst thing of like school or homework. And you're like, yeah, this this thing that we share, this the only thing that I know we share. The one thing in common. Cheese? <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish that somebody had just, uh, when he says that, cheese, just went, yes, you are. Hard cut. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone stops dancing and just stares. <laughs> they do that record scratch. <laughs> I, uh, so I also, I really want a show to not rely on the can't dance cliche like i was hoping that at some point they would have a character that's like oh i got this i i will dance the hell out of this so i was hoping that maybe riley would do that but no no that would be great although i do think that like it is it makes sense for his character like an iowa farm boy i was just gonna say i think it's really common most of my boyfriends have been like nope i mean maybe maybe he's from the footloose town who knows Yeah, that's true. Like the Kevin Bacon character. Mm -hmm. That's a good movie. It might just be possible that that Mark Lucas couldn't couldn't dance. (laughs) Probably very true. But it it would be more adorable than the the really extreme confidence, despite not having any skills, like where Mm. he thinks he can dance. Yeah. And he's just vaguely doing the Macarena. (laughs) On patrol, Xander happens upon Harmony burning Spike's things. And get in the girliest, slappy, kicky fight. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> uh, best fight of the series. Back at the party, Buffy is dancing with some other guy. Uh-oh. Whoa, now. Willow comforts Riley on his failure, but she's distracted when a dingo's ate my... Ate your baby. What is the name of the song? Dingo's the ate my band? baby. Thank you. <laughs> I just wrote down dingo's, then I kept talking. like, what at the hell? <laughs> Then a bunch of dingoes come in. It's been so long since Oz has been on the show. I forgot the name of his band. <laughs> but weirdly, that poster stays up in that room. That seems oh, weird to does me. It? Oh, yeah, man. that would be painful. Take that down. Yeah. Riley gets them to turn it off, which mm-hmm. she acts like a big deal, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's just basic human decency slash manners of like, hey, this thing that's affecting you, it's my frat's party. Yeah. I feel I kind of feel like Riley is being a better friend to Willow in this, like, really hard time for her than mm-hmm. any of her other actual friends. <laughs> like, yeah, Riley's sitting there talking with her. Buffy's not paying attention. <laughs> uh, right. And and what are Xander and Giles doing that's so important? Sketching? Well, they're, Stealing patro- guns? they're supposedly patrolling. Yeah. They don't really they're, accomplish much. <laughs> they're on a Xander-Giles adventure. Nothing can break <laughs> them up. 
the next episode of Chaotic Neutral Adventures. Sandra right. <laughs> Dial's adventure. Half of the options are just them like trying to get out of a locked room. <laughs> Do you want to A make a pop culture reference? <laughs> B slap harmony. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could do both. Or C, have sex with a demon. (laughs) (laughs) Always go for C. I was going to say, it would always be C. (laughs) So Willow Bales, uh, they do do a really good job, though, of, like, endearing Riley to me. Mm -hmm. Like, they're definitely, like, the audience should like Riley. And they are doing everything to get me to do that. Like, he's a decent guy. He Mm -hmm. punched Parker. So A plus there. He's nice to Willow. You just kind of hit all the good spots there. Yeah, they they kind of have to make sure to say, "Hey, this guy isn't it's an it's not another Parker situation. This yeah. guy's actually a good guy. He's not just pretending to be cool and opening up all fake like Parker did. He's actually a decent human being." Buffy leaves to find Spike while Riley heads down to the basement of his frat. Where there's a retinal scanner and voice recognition to the sub Wait, what? <laughs> What's happening here? Frats these days. <laughs> so I don't know if maybe it's just been so long since I saw like the original airing of this, but I just was not surprised at all. And I, again, I think it's because it's been so long and like I've known that this has been the lead up, but I don't, I guess I just don't remember being like, holy crap, I can't believe it's them. I kind of feel just like utility of characters wise. Yeah, like if you've seen a lot of TV, movies, or just any kind of storytelling, you kind of think, well, there's a lot of these weird side characters who are just kind of like vaguely in our main character's life a little bit. And then there's this giant operation that we don't know anything about. I feel like even if you're not like called it, it's, yeah, it just makes sense in a certain storytelling way where, uh, it, it, I'm glad they didn't hold it out longer, actually, because I feel like they totally could have tried to make it like a huge reveal. And it's more like, oh, that's neat. Mm -hmm. See, and I didn't know if I was thinking this because I knew where the season was going. Mm -hmm. But to me, like, those guys all hold themselves and walk like soldiers. And even when they're walking down the sidewalk, they look like they're walking, like, in a pack. Mm -hmm. So... Like, it, to me, it was like, oh, you just kind of scream soldier boys from the very beginning. And, like, Riley's, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Do Good. I get things done. I'm like, mm-hmm. see, you look, you're talking like yeah. a military, like a ROTC guy. Like, yeah. So just like Buffy, Riley is a normal college kid by day, but has a secret identity by night. <laughs> That's, why yeah. are you laughing at that? It's just. Sounds like you're opening the Riley show. This is oh. your opening. No, but I think that's interesting that they they don't realize that they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah, it's very um, Batman Returns esque. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I do think that the you mean uh, with uh, Christopher Walken and the Penguin. That yeah yeah. <laughs> I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I do think the reveal of Professor Walsh is a surprise. I did not see that coming. <laughs> It's, I think it's definitely more surprising than Riley and the gang. Cause it doesn't like seem like, well, she has to be involved in this military thing. Like, she could have just been like a kind of hard teacher, I guess. Yeah. Like, she just, I mean, she, to me, she never screamed like military. She just seemed like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, like I said, it's been so long that 
now it just, I mean, it's so integrated into just the things that I know about Buffy that I'm like, yeah, yeah of course I know what that is. So, so it's hard to remember if it was, if I was like legitimately surprised or not. Yeah. And for me, a lot of stuff, I had a, one of my Buffy friends that would, was really excited to tell me things and tell me her opinions about things. So there's a lot of things that like, I don't know what my opinion would have been if I had formed it by myself. Yeah. Um, and don't know what my opinion would have been had I not known about Adam and the Initiative, like, before I got there. Sure. Not the Initiative, because we haven't talked about this yet. This was my very first episode. Oh. So we yeah. mentioned this, like, back when we were talking about season one. This is the mm-hmm. first episode of Buffy I ever saw. Seems like a weird one to be your first. It was a weird one. <laughs> Remember, when I, when I first started Buffy, I was not like, this is amazing. The very first time no. I saw this episode, I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. And I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, how I'll all great that. things start out this is terrible i'm gonna watch all of it <laughs> yeah exactly it was exactly that <laughs> uh, so the show gotham oh, oh that terrible in a different way oh that is that is the one show i legitimately hate watch because i'm like you're all this is wrong all this is wrong <laughs> no Mm-mm. yeah i got that way with lost but it was more because i felt like i'd committed so long that yeah, like, yeah. i guess i'll just watch this God i damn felt it. the same way <laughs> So Buffy, meanwhile, is going to use herself as bait to find Spike. Uh, but if she gets into trouble, she's going to use the flare gun. That's convenient. So sure. that's going to come up, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so Spike fools them all. He's not actually stalking outside. What? He's found Buffy's dorm room. But he's part of him. This is yeah. not his usual MO of, like, I'm going to do research. Mm-hmm. Well, like, he'll have, like, a cool idea that's kind of not what you'd expect. But it's usually, yeah, it doesn't involve going to a computer and typing stuff out. Yeah. I think this might be the first and only time we see him at a computer. Yeah. And it's kind of like watching a dog walk on their hind legs. Yes. I'm like, this isn't right. Get away from that. <laughs> you don't even know what that is, silly thing. <laughs> you should at least have, like, a cigarette or something to, like, try to look cool. Because you know what? Looks cool, guys. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Philip Morris. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Mope Central, Spike attacks Willow. This is the scene where I originally tuned into Buffy for the first time was this scene. Whoa. Whoa. That's so weird. This is an introduction to Buffy. What looks like an attempted rape followed by an extended series of dick jokes? It was the biggest joke (laughs) thing to me. (laughs) Every time. But it wasn't specifically like, oh, penis jokes. It was funny. It was the opposite. I was an asshole and thought it was smarter than the show. And was like, they don't even realize it sounds like they're talking about a penis. (laughs) The show writers are so dumb. They don't know what they're saying. It sounds like a that's what she said joke. I just imagine that you were in front of your television actually saying these things as you're watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> but with headphones in because it, mom and dad couldn't know I was watching TV. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> I would love to see you watch like airplane. <laughs> and just go, fake, fake. That's not real. <laughs> that's how that would happen. <laughs> oh, so smug. So smug. <laughs> So this, I mean, this scene, though, is, it's pretty upsetting because it is very reminiscent of a date rape. Yeah, and it's a weird juxtaposition, too, with, like, the rapiness, then immediately followed by, like, isn't it funny how we can't get it up? But it's, like, it's not when, like... I think when you break it up with commercial, it's probably better. But this this pre-commercial thing is actually 
it's upsetting. Like it's, yeah. I mean, like the him, him whole muffling her screams with Ooh. the radio. I have read articles about that happening mm. to girls. Yeah. The way he pins her to the bed, it's uncomfortable, yeah. and it should be. It's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but oh, they did a good job of just making me unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> it was super difficult to watch for sure. Also, again. Spike's chip is like totally inconsistent. He can tackle this girl and like pin her to the ground, and that's that's not attacking. And again, this is like totally retconning. Maybe the chip doesn't activate until he like tries to bite her. So maybe the chip just hasn't been active until then, and then it's that's when it first activates. Yeah. So all like the pushing and like pinning before it just the chip wasn't active yet for whatever reason. Maybe it's it didn't. It Maybe he wasn't trying to hurt, like he was trying to subdue her, but he knew that yeah. he was in the same way that in Fool for Love, he is play fighting Buffy, but mm-hmm. the chip doesn't activate because he knows he's not trying to hurt her. Yeah. When he pins Willow, he's, he's trying to subdue her and keep her from moving, but he's not actually trying yeah. to cause her harm until he bites her neck. Yeah. So it'd be like, mm-hmm. I guess, intention based. Right. I mean, it, I mean, it's coming from your brain. So it's the yeah. way your brain is interpreting the action. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Science. <laughs> I'll accept it. <laughs> On behalf of the scientific community, I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so after the commercial break, I'm sure we got some very nice lighter clips about laundry detergent and <laughs> some great candy, the nerd rope that's disgusting. <laughs> um, some brighter things to get us out of the date rapey thing and then bring us back to... Spike had some performance issue. Wah, wah. He couldn't get his fangs up <laughs> or down. Consider. <laughs> Not this metaphor. It's getting real weird. Uh, he is unable to bite Willow <laughs> like a penis. <laughs> bite, wait, bite her like a penis? <laughs> <laughs> would that be like one would bite a penis or how a penis would bite? <laughs> if penis were fangs. And then <laughs> someone were it's, it's it's the penis joke. <laughs> it's the worst poem I've ever heard. Uh, so when he goes to bite Willow, he gets a searing headache. He just can't do it. Willow thinks it's her fault. Aww. It's because she's repulsive, Aww. and therefore Spike doesn't want her. That's and so can't bad get it up Aww. like a penis. <laughs> I get it. It's like a penis. <laughs> penis. They don't know. They didn't know when they wrote it. <laughs> Thank you for providing us insight. It's <laughs> like a penis. Oh, God. I can only hope that there's some stacker out there that's like, wait, that's about a penis? <laughs> <laughs> Write it in, guys. <laughs> Let us know that that happened. <laughs> I would just be so happy. I feel so much better about 17-year-old Kristen going, stupid writers, Joss Whedon's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) You smug little teenage bitch. (laughs) Uh, So Soldier Boys hone in on Spike using heat goggles. Uh, But, okay, so science here. If you see heat goggles and he's room temperature, would he show up at all? Well, I think the the goggles they still show like 
shapes. It's like you're. It's but not I don't just think that's how heat, heat goggles work. I think they're they're fudging like the rules of it. It's supposed to be like some new advanced thing or something. Pseudo magic science technology. It's sure. It's predator vision. There you yeah. go. <laughs> they they killed a predator. That was one of the first things they killed. <laughs> they took its goggles and its weird disc thing and all that. Willow, because she's a beautiful unicorn angel soul, tries to comfort Spike, (laughs) realizes her mistake, (laughs) and then knocks him out. There are a lot of good bits of the scene. Again, it's a little weird after what just preceded it. But I love how Spike gets really sweet to Willow when she's upset that she wasn't attractive enough. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he's so sweet to this woman he just tried to eat. Maybe every vampire goes through this. It's okay. Yeah, they take turns being like... Oh, you find me attractive? Well, don't be embarrassed mm-hmm. that you you can't fang out. It's okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> Although his his bashful delivery of her in that fluffy pink shirt, and he's like, you know, when you were wearing that, I totally totally would have bit you. It was adorable, just absolutely adorable. <laughs> I see. I found that semi creepy because oh, right. I'm picturing that fluffy pink sweater, and I'm like, that is childish. Hmm. And the fact that he was attracted to it creeps me out. I wish he was more like, remember when you wore the red leather number from the vamp pillow thing? And I'd be like, yeah, that. Well, first of all, she wouldn't uh, have been in that uh, outfit when she interacted with Spike. That was never an on-screen uh, uh, interaction. Um, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I think there there could be a way of, not that it, like, reminds him of a child, but, like, that... She's just, like, doesn't care about, like, trying to dress sexy. So that, in its own way, is kind of sexy. Okay. No. I, I thought you were going to go the whole school go- schoolgirl route. But oh. no, I'm, I'm on board Who with everything. you every- think I am? Forrest? <laughs> <laughs> he would be into that. Oh, God, he would be. Uh, so the initiative shows up. They botch grabbing Spike. Try to take Willow because she's a witness or might have been turned. He might yeah. have bitten her. Or he did bite her. But they didn't. Apparently don't know how vamps are made because she didn't suck his blood. Uh, but Buffy flares them. Not flashes. Flares. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that look. Which screws with their night goggles, yeah. which is funny. It works. Yeah. And it's uh, it's almost as if it's a bit contrived that she was given a flare <laughs> gun earlier in the episode. What a great coincidence. <laughs> I absolutely wrote that, too. I was like, contrived in all caps. <laughs> yeah. That's so lucky. Thank you, Xander. <laughs> I'm like, I get... That, that she needed some way to, like, have a fight with them where they couldn't see her and all that jazz. But I feel like there's got to be something more organic, a more organic way to do it. Maybe she sees what's going on and then she's able to turn the lights back on and that blinds them or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something that's not, hey, take this flare gun. I kind of like it because I think it's a little smart only because, like... You have to know how that's going to affect night vision goggles and then create a plan that's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Well, it's like it's a smart idea on the character's part. Yeah. It's a really dumb and contrived idea on the writer's part. Right. So, like, that's that's the conflict in it. Maybe if if earlier in the episode she had, like, specifically said, and I know they probably use night vision, maybe could I get something to help with that specifically so that it was – a deliberate choice on her part, not like improvisation. I'm thinking maybe like when you pull, I understand they pull, they killed the um, power, but assuming that it runs on emergency power, mm-hmm. had she pulled the fire 
alarm thing on the wall. Yeah, and then emergency, emergency lights, flashing flashes. lights. There we go. We Fake fixed it. Writers <laughs> with your stupid penis jokes and your flares. We showed you that scene was about penises, also fire alarms. <laughs> so blinded, none of them recognize her. Spike escapes while uh, Buffy and Riley fight, which is cute because later on, like, he was huge. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. That wasn't even human. Uh-huh. Well, and I like that it's very clear that it's a female voice that says something. I don't even remember what she says, but she says something to him, and it's very clearly female. And they're like, oh, yeah, this giant guy. Well, yeah. Couldn't have been a chick. <laughs> save it. A giant guy with the oddly high-pitched voice. <laughs> Gotta save face, man. <laughs> Back at base, Professor Walsh thinks Buffy was aiding Spike. Uh, we find out that Spike's surgery was to implant something that prevents him from harming people. To except, do so. Except shoving. Except shoving. <laughs> Shoving the exception. Uh, to do anything except shoving causes him immense pain. The next day, Riley and Buffy finally have a real conversation. Just cute. Yeah. They're talking about stuff. And things. And things. <laughs> Did Willow tell you I like cheese? <laughs> and then he, she calls him peculiar. He's so unusual. <laughs> Full circle. Adorable. <laughs> yes. I'm really glad that he decided to take a shower after that really disgusting image of him in the debriefing stage where he's all sweaty. And not in like a hot, sexy, sweaty kind of way, but like a dirty, stinky, sweaty kind of way. It get, The worst is later when he's on like withdrawal from the meds yes. and he gets really like clammy. Like you, could, you, I can't feel him to tell that he's clammy, yeah. but he's clammy. You can tell. Would you say like anointed one hand clammy? <laughs> but combined with lots of sweat. Oh. Maybe he's just not a good-looking sweater. Yeah, not not everyone is. That is a special skill. He can't put that on his resume. <laughs> so what's the lesson in the initiative? Cheese is good. Riley and Buffy <laughs> Riley and Buffy have a lot in common, and Spike is funny. <laughs> and penises. And penises. <laughs> don't, don't forget the penises. <laughs> yeah, guys, don't. <laughs> don't leave them at home. You need them. <laughs> Unless you're Parker. Leave that at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like put it in like a safety deposit box. <laughs> and let it so mature. <laughs> so what do you guys think about this episode? It's uh, really weird that it was your first episode. Um, <laughs> it's a weird choice. Uh, it wasn't a choice. It was a rerun. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I thought it was all right. It's not like a super strong episode, but it's not terrible. It's a decent introduction to the initiative and the Riley Buffy relationship, but like it's never one if I'm just, ooh, I'm really in the mood for an episode or even like specifically, hey, I want to watch something from season four that I'd ever pick out. Yeah, it feels it feels very much like a plot device kind of episode where they're just like, we need to advance our story, so here's some plot things. And it's I mean it's fine, but I agree. Probably definitely if I'm recommending episodes, this is not high on the list. My opinions must be very much shaded by the fact that this was my first Buffy episode because I love this episode. (laughs) I really do. I think it's adorable. There are so many moments by themselves and I'm like, oh, that's great. Like we see Sad Willow, like, you know, people being nice to her, which makes me feel better. We we get the satisfaction of Parker getting punched by a dude (laughs) that's really nice and then a guy being nice to Buffy and the word courting and then (laughs) 
Spike's funny. And we get some penis metaphors, <laughs> and we find out what the soldier boys are up to. There's so much that happens in here. <laughs> it's there. Yes, there are a lot of really good moments. I guess I, I don't know. There's just so many other great episodes that I'm like, eh, it's, it's all right. I appreciate the spike things, but eh. <laughs> I think you kind of hit the nail on the head of why it's underwhelming to me is that it's just a series of moments. There's not like if you were told to describe this episode in one sentence, yeah. it would be a weird rambling run-on sentence that sounds like a five-year-old describing the plot of something. Hence my, what's the lesson? Cheese is good. Yeah. Like there's a lot. You're right. It is a collection of cute scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we need to take a break and hear from our sponsor. Community. Diversity. Teamwork. Courage. The, the initiative. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. The initiative. Join the initiative. Be Be a a part part of something. something. It's time to put the initiative back on the shelf and open the books on page. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. So warm. Thanksgiving time. I brought some mashed potatoes. (laughs) I brought the twist. Nice. Nice. <laughs> You're so proud. I think I'm most proud of that I got the same reaction from both of you. Nice. Thanks. So Angel's in town. Oh. What? Buddy, where you been? What you doing? Uh, I've uh, been struggling through this first season of Angel. One season one. I know. Uh, so... Mike, do you know where we are in Angel at this point? Like, why is Angel here? Um, There's a premonition, vision, whatever you want to call it, that Doyle gets that Buffy's in trouble. Okay. And that's it. That's That's, That brings him here. Oh, Doyle. Show us how an Irish accent's really done. (laughs) Snap. (laughs) So the Scooby Girls are showing Xander so some port on his latest job. He's doing construction on the college's new anthropology center. Cool. (laughs) Great. Anya is really into Xander's tank top. <laughs> really like seeing those shoulders, those arms. See, yeah, it's it's cute when Anya says this stuff because she's a demon who doesn't know any better. <laughs> when Forrest does stuff like this, it's gross. Well, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that brings <laughs> up a good point. Like, is it slightly sexist for me to be like, Forrest, you're a, a womanizing jerk. Anya, you're so funny like <laughs> but i mean i think the history of the characters does play into it a lot where like sure she's just discovered sex and yeah. she's very excited she's, about it she's basically been like an evil genie for a couple hundred years so sure yeah. i also feel like it's it's a little different because xander is a willing participant in anya's mm. affections that that yes. helps too yeah like helps. she's not the word i'm looking for where you're making Making a person objectifying. Objectifying. She's not objectifying this random person who's Mm -hmm. not consenting to that. Willow is not a fan of Thanksgiving, though. Uh, We're you know whitewashing the 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 genocide. Mm -hmm. I am uh, I am not a fan of Anya's pants in this episode. (laughs) Oh no, I miss them. What kind of pants is she wearing? They're like a weird patchwork quilt style of pants. Like there's like six different patterns going on on those pants. It's it's confusing. I just, I don't understand. I don't know who was in charge of wardrobe. As someone who has an older brother who often followed fish around, I'm familiar with patchwork pants. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I I guess I'm just kind of immune to them where they didn't have that much of an effect on me because I'm sure <laughs> I've seen far worse. There are some weird pants choice on Anya's part sometimes. Like she has weird capris I find sometimes that are just hmm. like those are not that often flattering with what she's wearing or like seem to make much sense. I almost I'm almost willing to give her a pass because she is ex demon. She's just right. like pants. Yeah. I wear pants. Humans wear pants. These are pants. <laughs> <laughs> What does not get a pass, though, is Buffy's weird cowboy hat. Oh, my god! Especially when she makes a village people joke. It's like, glass houses, Buffy. <laughs> You're literally wearing thinking. a cowboy hat. That's why she's thinking of village people. She's like, we could start a band here. <laughs> this is a way to make money on the side, do some covers. By the way, if you're looking for a terrible film, I suggest the faux biopic of the village people, You Can't Stop the Music. Okay. It stars Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. As the heroic <laughs> producer who puts together the totally fake band, The Village People. I, I have a soft spot for Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> As everyone should, really. <laughs> they should. It's some great vintage Gutenberg. <laughs> I have a soft spot for cowboy hats because I am a country music fan. I own a cowboy hat, mm-hmm. but I feel shamed into never wearing it. So I kind of, I'm, I'm a little proud of Buffy for doing it. I've only worn it once. That was to Lollapalooza, I believe. Uh, that makes sense. Because you can wear whatever you want there. Yeah. It's fine. But then like on the train ride home, I was getting looks. I'm like, oh, it's got to come off now. But wh- you're one of like five people coming back on the train that's not covered in mud, I'm assuming. So That's fair. I, 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 I won that battle. Yeah, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of winning. I think the thing that bothers me isn't so much that she's wearing a cowboy hat. It's that she does that and then makes fun of somebody for wearing village people outfits. Uh, so Xander doesn't dig for long before the earth swallows him up. I mean, he could have walked onto that spot and it would have collapsed. Did they do any yeah. research into where they were going to build this Did thing? Did they like survey stuff or yeah. like have, have some kind of precautions when they're building? That night, Angel is lurking and not saying hi, but Buffy senses him anyways. No. They did not have this power when he lived in Sunnydale, by the way. No. The entire time I'm watching it, I keep thinking of the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she gets like yep. the weird period things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh, that's not sexy or attractive. Like, oh, the love of my life is close by. I hurt so much. Maybe that's why their relationship never worked out. She still has that power. They just don't mention it anymore. <laughs> She's just too polite to talk about it. <laughs> Buffy's looking for the traditional family Thanksgiving, even if she doesn't have a family. Oh. But Willow says it's a sham. It is a sham. It's a sham with the M's. It's a yam sham. <laughs> How, why is Buffy not going to her aunt's house with her mom? Do we know that? I, I mean, I think she has to stay in patrol, right? Yeah, um, they couldn't afford another set. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to hire a new actress for her aunt. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Sure. No. Joyce was busy. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure there's some offhand line that explains that meanwhile spike is looking rough oh he's pale than usual (laughs) and cold his hair's turned white (laughs) and he's cold er (laughs) and gaunt er (laughs) than usual (laughs) i like that he has this hungry blanket like it's this disgusting sad holy blanket that just says i'm hungry (laughs) like buffy's sad overalls he has a hungry blanket Yes! <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so speaking of looking sick, Xander is also not doing so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's not looking so hot, or he's looking too hot. He's uh, he's all feverish. Yeah. Is anyone else focused on when Anya feels his forehead? Which you would do. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're feverish. And I like that she recoils as you would mm-hmm. about like, oh, I touched you. You're gross. And then she puts her hand to her mouth. Anyone else focus on that? Oh gosh, no! <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> uh, maybe that's demons are into that. And kind she of just stuff. leaves her hand in her mouth for like the rest of the scene. I'm like, oh no, wash that. <laughs> so good. You're gonna get the funny syphilis. <laughs> uh, so how did he get sick? Cue some green mist. And, uh, uh, because Umpata. Slimer was in there. <laughs> Slimer. Uh, we've got Umpata's theme going on. Yeah. yeah. She's back. A Native American man appears and cuts the anthropology director's throat. Just mean. It's just rude. That is her office. <laughs> yeah. Trespassing. Well, I mean, okay. he was there first. <laughs> That's kind of one of the points of the episode, Kristen. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> just, just take him back with his. That's my office, damn it. <laughs> Your filing system is bad. <laughs> Buffy later checks out the murder scene where we learn the perpetrator took the professor's ear. I love the line about how they're building a demon out of ears. <laughs> There's another demon in this season. Ah, I didn't catch that. Yeah. He's not made of ears, though. I mean... I think he only has one ear. It's this ear. He might have some <laughs> other ears just, like, that we don't see. He wears pants pretty much all the time. Ew, His legs could be covered in ears. Ew. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. And now I'm going to think about that. The better to hear you with. Oh. It would explain a lot of his rage, I think, though. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I feel more sympathy for him now. I have to hear my pants all the time. <laughs> swish, swish, swish. Why don't you wear shorts? Uh, there's a knife missing. That'll be a thing. <laughs> oh, did Buffy get a flare gun this episode? Cooking Thanksgiving dinner at Giles's, which is sticking with him, sticking him with the cleanup. Yep. Smart. <laughs> and again, they don't have to pay for another set. <laughs> I mean, they could still cook in the sunny, the summer's home. That they have that set. I don't know because they don't use it a lot in this season. Do you think they tear it down? I think they might just like use the actual house it was based on for some things, and then put like maybe a room or two up when they desperately need it. Uh, she sends his angel again. Mm-hmm. His friend had an ominous vision about Buffy, so Angel came to protect her. Super big. They're clearly yeah. talking about Adam. I mean, we don't know that at this point, but like later on, like when you rewatch this episode after you've mm. seen the whole season, you're like, because I feel like when I watched this episode, I'm like, that's weird that your friend would give you a really vague heads up about a pretty lame monster of the week. Like she's handled way worse by herself. Even Sunday was worse than whatever the hell this dude's name is, Hoos. So like, when I feel like when you go back on later watchings, you're like, mm. oh, the friend was not talking about necessarily the monster this week. They're talking about Adam. Yeah. I wonder if maybe they should have had it be like, not necessarily this monster was that particularly fearsome, but just that by chance she almost got killed just bad luck wise. Mm. And that Angel's presence there kind of skewed it. That would, I think, maybe a stronger take than like, yeah, like oh, this vague warning about Something that you'd probably handle okay without me. But I guess it helped that I was here. Well, and I, I think in in the episode of Angel, they show like a snippet of his vision. And I, I mm-hmm. feel like they 
try to show that it's specific to the Native American attack somehow. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm inserting that memory. Maybe that's not true. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it, it it makes more sense if you're watching them both back to back, which would be pretty common if you're a, a Buffy fan at the time. But I feel like then they should have also included a little bit of that in this episode, so that if you aren't, or if you're doing a rewatch like we are, um, I guess that isn't a primary consideration. But it would be a little bit nicer to have a little bit more of that exposition in the ap- actual episode. Mm. So that's something I made up then. I mean, I, I like that a lot better. I feel like that's a way better reason for him to be there. Yeah. Uh, so I miss Angel. This, just him being there, like, it's suddenly way more interesting than the rest of the season has kind of been. Yeah, well, I, I'm conflicted because I definitely felt like for a lot of the third season, they didn't know what to do with Angel. Yeah. So, like, I'm glad, you know, he got spun off. He's doing his own thing. But, yeah, like you said... There's not a lot going on in a lot of this season, so maybe it would have been interesting to see what it would have been like with Angel. But then again, like, it is kind of more fun to have this episode, which doesn't really need Angel by any means, but it's just kind of fun that he's there. Well, and I I think they mostly just do it to set up the next episode of Angel, because they have to give Buffy a reason Mm. to go see him. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) So Willow and Buffy run into Riley. Look, they're selling coffee in the coffee shop. Neat. <laughs> Her delivery of that line kills me every time. <laughs> Neat. Or no, it was yum. Yum. <laughs> Angel grabs her. <laughs> Not evil. I do. I think that's my favorite joke in the episode. The running joke of, why does everything come evil? Yeah. He plays a straight man very well. Mm-hmm. Especially when uh, when Xander meets up with him and he's like, I haven't been evil in a really long time. <laughs> uh Leaving for her own good garbage. This has been reading with Kristen. <laughs> Hooks on phonics. <laughs> I mean, this note is in English. Oh, I think I know what you're trying to say there. Okay. Is that it's garbage that his excuse is that he's leaving for her own good. Oh, yeah. but then it's it's it ends up being, yeah, it's Willow's own baggage that like, I like her delivery there too. Mm-hmm. She's like, sorry, my stuff. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's cute. All of Willow's stuff here is great from the, like, coffee in the coffee shop, yum. <laughs> like, you know, it's Cordelia working for you. That's, that's, that's. <laughs> and then Angel's very serious. Like, I don't have time for personal stuff. Who's that guy? <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I love it. This is such Aww. a cute little scene. The, uh, the line that Buffy had when she's talking to Riley and she says, I'm a great cook in theory. I've eaten a lot. That's my favorite line. <laughs> I know. Also me. <laughs> that is important, though. Like, I, it mm. makes me think of uh, when the idea that, like, before you cook something, you should have eaten it at least once so you know what it should taste like. Chris, at one point, uh, was talking to me about split pea soup, which I'd never had. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that he liked because it, it, it just didn't seem like something he'd be into. Mm. Um, and he was like, oh, no, it's really good. And he was describing it to me. And I was like, oh, I want to make that for you. Like, that's, wouldn't that be a cute little wifey surprise that I make you, I make you split pea soup? Again, Mm -hmm. never remotely tasted it or seen it in real life. I mentioned something to, uh, my mom who was like, oh, you can take like the ham bone from, I think, Christmas dinner and like the excess ham and use that to make split pea soup. I'm like, great. Looked up a recipe. Chris had mentioned bacon. So I put bacon in there too. I have to tell you, this is the worst tasting thing oh. I'd ever had. And he's so sweet because he took like a couple spoonfuls. Like, 
Mm, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, I spit it out. It's terrible. You're being very nice. But I don't know what it's supposed to taste like. I can guarantee it's not supposed to taste like this. It's so bad. Anyways, eating, very important part of cooking. Yes. That's my favorite part of cooking. Is it eating. is. So Spike crawls back to Harmony almost literally. He can barely stand. But she's been reading and mm. she's all powerful now. Uh, she kicks him out. Although we we are treated to the super icky line of, I knew you'd be greeting me with open arms. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Oh. It's so gross. Especially because he's so gross looking. That yeah. He's like, I mean, just be honest, buddy, and be mm-hmm. like. I got no place else to go. Yeah. that I feel like that actually would have gone over mm-hmm. much better. But he doesn't know how to be decent and honest. Yeah. I... <laughs> I feel like they put Harmony in there for all of five seconds and pretty much did nothing with her. <laughs> yeah. Buffy seeks out a priest who's like an expert on the Shumash or something. Why are we talking to him? Angel told Giles about something it. Something about the priest. He's yeah. smart. Yeah, it's important. Okay. <laughs> uh, but she runs into the spirit murdering him. Mm-hmm. They fight. Yeah. He talks kind of like a surfer dude. He's really like, good English for being an ancient spirit. Missionaries, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess you could say, like, it's the spirit, like, when the spirit comes back, they just, like, automatically know whatever language is around or something. He, he When he was stuck in the knife, he was listening. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Ugh, I know so much about cataloging. Ugh. <laughs> uh, but his name is Hoos. Hoos? Hoos? Hoos. Hoos. Sure. He's an avenging spirit. I should write my notes phonetically. No. <laughs> uh, he's an avenging spirit. And man, can he rock the guilt trip. Mm-hmm. He is good at this. Oh, this is a great day for you. Ouch, buddy. I mean, <laughs> maybe I won't. It's all right. You can go. It's fine. Plus, he can turn into birds. That's a very... I mean, he would do a great magic act. <laughs> <laughs> Back at Giles's, uh, I do love the line. Still trying to not call you lot bloody colonials. I love it. It makes me wonder really what they do. Like what a, someone from the UK who's here and thinks around Thanksgiving time thinks about the pilgrims. Like, this is weird. This is weird for me. No? You don't think it's awkward? Probably like, hey, uh, you know, you know, like there's, there's a bunch of holidays in a month that are pretty much this plus other things, right? <laughs> you can just not have this Thanksgiving thing. And just wait for, wait for all that variety of holidays we have in December. So here, so I am a big Thanksgiving fan. Mm-hmm. Like it is in my top eh, two holidays, three. Mm-hmm. It's, it's high up there. So it's that, uh, Columbus Day. Uh, <laughs> Obviously. Um, I'm trying to think of what. You're very close. Fourth of July. Fourth I of July. love Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. It's awesome. Burgers, barbecue, beer, carnivals. I don't understand what's not to love. Elephant ears, funnel cakes. Uh, depending on where you are in the country. <laughs> Anyways, I love Thanksgiving because to me it is Christmas without the pressure. Like Christmas to me is very stressful because there's there's a lot of money to be spent on presents. There's a lot of pressure of finding the right presents. Mm-hmm. And because it's held to this really high standard in the year of being like the super important holiday, I feel like there's all this pressure of like this one day better be great. And it better be this picture perfect thing. Whereas Thanksgiving, like the only pressure is like, you should show up and eat a lot. <laughs> that is, if you did that, you had a great Thanksgiving. I guess it's just like, 
There's not really a lot of good Thanksgiving movies. And like even the Charlie Brown one is pretty Yeah. Yeah. I mean I so I will sympathize with Buffy on her like total obsession with the dinner stuff because I mm-hmm. like if you've ever had to make Thanksgiving dinner Thanksgiving dinner, it is like the worst feeling ever. It's very stressful, yeah. You're like everybody's depending on this meal. <laughs> It's literally all this holiday has. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe I only like Thanksgiving because the, all the pressure is off me. I've yeah. never hosted. <laughs> That's fair. So I'm like, this is great. I show up, drink a bunch of wine, and eat, and then I go to sleep early. Yeah. Basically, great. it's like going to a restaurant and getting a really big home-cooked meal. True, yeah. Uh, also, I'm the only person in my family that eats dessert. They don't like dessert, but my mom usually buys three pies. <laughs> so you know what that means. <laughs> I ate three pies. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I also feel like Thanksgiving is the one day in the year where you're totally allowed to be utterly gluttonous and nobody yes. cares. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> People get concerned if you're not like, you only had two full plates of food? Yeah. We are <laughs> all on okay? our fourth helping <laughs> catch up. Like, what? what's wrong? You, you only ate a pound of potatoes. <laughs> So Willow's been doing research on the Shumash, and you no wonder they're angry. <laughs> yeah. And actually, based on our, our real tribe in the what would probably be the Sunnydale area. Named Shumash? Or yeah. did they just change? No, nope, same name? Yeah. Oh, I had heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Well, because they all got killed. <laughs> yeah. So Willow would rather try to right the pilgrims' wrongs rather than slay the spirit. Mm-hmm. But Giles just sees an evil spirit and wants to protect innocent people. And meanwhile, Buffy bases. <laughs> Sicky Sick Xander arrives, and they realize that he's been cursed. Seen as how the pilgrims brought those blankets full of malaria, smallpox, and syphilis. Yay! They really focus on the syphilis. Mm-hmm. I find that one unlikely. You can't catch syphilis from a blanket. Well, let me tell you, Kristen. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing to the blankets? <laughs> They really, fo- they, I mean, like, from now on, it will be canon the rest of the series that he had syphilis. <laughs> and she names other things. I'm just saying. Well, isn't the thing that he has all of them? He does. But, like, that's the one thing that gets focused on, right? They, yeah. keep, they call, like, funny syphilis guy. Well, I, I feel like that's, because that's the most embarrassing. Because nobody's like, oh, you weirdo, you got malaria. But, like, if you yeah. get syphilis, it's like, what were you doing, syphilis, <laughs> man? Xander is all for killing the vengeance demon, which upsets Anya, which I love. Xander is so dumb here. I know. He's like, you know, I hate vengeance demons. Vengeance demons are the worst. Hey, Anya. Uh, so vengeance demons, they're he the worst, right? Realize what she what he said. Yeah. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold up. I feel like this is this is like the quintessential Thanksgiving time, though, right? Like all your family gets together. They say stupid things to each other. There's a big fight. And then you feast. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing they're missing is a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Well, they're underage. Is Giles drinking? Giles should be drinking. I feel like we need to have, like, just shots of him in the background. With oh, that, that, I think that is one way to improve this episode. Just have every shot that Giles is in, he's drinking. Yeah. <laughs> blanket Cloud Spike needs some help. It's his hungry Aww. blanket. Spike uh, had a little trip to the vet, and now he doesn't, clean. <laughs> he doesn't chase the other puppies anymore. <laughs> I really like that analogy. I also like Buffy's direction. So we haven't murdered anybody lately? Let's be best pals. <laughs> That's a good point. Meanwhile, Huss raises an army. Mm-hmm. Giles thinks that Huss is going after authority figures, and so they should warn the dean. Willow is still in favor of apologizing to Huss. I don't really get 
her action plan here? Like, what does she think is going to happen? They're going to go to him, say, we're sorry, here's your land back, and he'll go away? Yeah, it's it's very idealistic in a in a very kind of naive way where, yeah, you should acknowledge that what our ancestors did was terrible, but that's not going to stop a vengeance ghost. Yeah. And, like, it's never like he ever stops to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like he's like, say sorry and I won't rock knife you in the throat. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, like, I, I know that I have had conversations like that with people during Thanksgiving where they get all indignant about the history behind it. And I'm like, I just want to eat turkey, guys. <laughs> like, do we have to have this whole awful debate about what was appropriate? And I, I think I really like how Spike kind of just breaks it down. He's like, don't feel guilty. That's history. It's all about conquering people. You guys won and he didn't. Yeah, I think it's, it's like, yeah, you, you shouldn't not acknowledge it ever or like be in denial about the horrible history behind certain things. And you can find pretty much any holiday, most phrases in the English language, uh, like all sorts of things have a horrible history if you go back far enough. But I think it should be more about what you make out of a holiday or a saying or whatever now, not where it originally came from. That's what you should, you should make it something positive instead of dwelling on why it was negative. I also feel like dwelling on the negative is ignoring the the positive that did come out mm-hmm. of that occurrence. Like, yes, they did these terrible things and really awful things happen, but none of us would be here without it. And yeah. there were people that were fleeing persecution that found this new place and they did bad things when they showed up, but still mm-hmm. they were able to start a new life. Like, I, I mean, I feel like there is some positive that mm-hmm. it feels shitty to ignore that yeah and even though obviously uh 99.9 of the way europeans dealt with native americans when they came here was uh the Awful. worst yeah um <laughs> the story of thanksgiving is actually pretty pretty cool like that they all kind of were helping each other and hung out and ate together yeah like that's a cool story Granted, then everyone started killing each other. Sure. It's but not I, as cool. I mean, like, in a different way, it, you can also have, like, a similar argument at Christmas, right? Not mm-hmm. like that anybody did genocide around Christmas. But there's plenty of people that celebrate Christmas for non-religious reasons, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is originally a religious holiday. Mm-hmm. But Santa, you know, elves, the Grinch, like, these aren't... Were the Grinches in the Bible? (laughs) (laughs) These aren't religious icons, but plenty of people celebrate the holiday with those things Mm -hmm. and not the iconic stuff. So it's the same idea of people being a total Mm buzzkill saying, well, if you don't celebrate this part of it, the original part of it, then you can't have candy canes and Santa. And it's like, well, but it's become this thing. and. Isn't it nice that we all get together one day out of the year and eat a lot and enjoy each other's company? Yeah, it's kind of like Christmas is similar to marriage in that it is both a religious and a secular thing. Right. And that it's important in both ways to some people as both, some people very much as one, and they they both have validity. Yeah. Seems legit. It's all holidays. Just talking to Buzzkill, man. Yeah. So yeah, Spike doesn't think we need to apologize. I feel like Spike takes it. I it more follow Giles' point of view in this mm-hmm. episode that like it's self defense. Yeah. Like when someone's trying to kill you, you stop apologizing for something that happened over two hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to kill you. Fight back. Spike's a, I think a little bit more like, good job, you killed him. Like I, uh, we can still have some residual white guilt. 
<laughs> so once the gang leaves, Hus and his army attacks. Uh, as the strongest warrior, Buffy is the authority figure, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I like that twist. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Well, because I thought the twist was going to be kind of uh, a la John Carpenter's The Fog. That it was all going to be descendants of, you know, the the original colonists who were there or that kind of thing. Or like, uh, yeah, basically all white people. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought it was actually cool that it was. It wasn't even that twist. So they attack Giles's spike becomes an arrow pincushion, which is just <laughs> the best. <laughs> well, and I like that he immediately is like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we're sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I take everything back. Everything I said. <laughs> they fight. Giles is a fucking rock star he, in this scene. He is kicking so much ass. Yeah, you know, you don't mess with Giles' house. <laughs> Buffy cuts who's with his own knife. He gets pissed and turns into a bear. (laughs) You made a bear. (laughs) I didn't mean to. (laughs) Undo it. Undo it. (laughs) At some point in here, Angel, with the fight, I skipped over a lot of this. Like, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, the fights are okay, but it is a little weird because they have to use the contrivance that Buffy can't see Angel, but they still need to have Angel involved in the fight at the end so that it matters that he was here. I don't know. They needed to figure out the mechanics of what these things are Mm -hmm. and how to kill them. Because, like, if they're spirits, it's weird that they're corporeal. Yeah, and And then beating them up stops them. But, oh, I can't kill you, but then snapping their neck works for one of them. Yeah. I don't... Did it work? Because I thought that one got back up later. Oh, I don't know if it was that one or a different one. Well, it should be kind of like they do a lot with reanimated corpse type stuff like they uh, Game of Thrones for example with the White Walkers like it looks like you've killed them but they kind of reassemble something like that or like it looks like you killed them but then they kind of like snap their neck back in place and pop back up and establish that so it's a little clearer yeah Yeah. I think I get bored here because like I am not worried about this the I mean yeah no nobody's gonna die from the Thanksgiving social (laughs) justice issue episode monsters (sighs) And like, like it was more interesting when she was like, "I don't, I feel too guilty to fight you." And you're yeah. like, "Okay, well, that makes this a little more interesting." Mm-hmm. But after that, like, they don't have superhuman strength that I'm aware of. They're just good warriors, and yeah. that's fine for like if you're fighting Willow or Giles. But it's mm-hmm. Buffy. Come on. Yeah, like she's she's gonna win in a in hand to hand combat. Yeah. Again, the more interesting when she's you know slightly neutered that she's mm-hmm. like, but I. I fear really bad, and I'm trying to apologize. But there was that impressive heroic bike scene where Xander, Anya, and Willow are pedaling their little butts off to get back to help Buffy. (laughs) They should do that more often. Mike and I both ride bikes around the city. We can tell you, you get around much faster, and none of these people drive. (laughs) And I think we've established there's only one street in Sunnydale. Right. So just bike down as fast as you can. It's just that they don't have a bike lane. Ah, that's why. That's why. It would cost a whole lot because you have to get the bike lane for that that whole one long street. Yeah, I mean, the paint alone would just cost like $10. That's And they'd have to double the admission at the museum. His own knife can kill him. She takes his knife and whatever. He's sure. Dead. The bear again. stuff looked pretty cool. Sure. dude. I mean, yeah. We're not going to see Buffy wrestle a bear again until she joins the circus. That happened. It's in the comics. <laughs> it's not. I don't know. Maybe it is. I stopped reading. Guys, read all the comics and let us know. Uh, 
so dinner turned out great. However, Xander spills the beans. Get it? Food pun. <laughs> Food pun. <laughs> spills the beans about Angel being in, in town. Yeah. Uh, which gets a great Buffy point of view shot of the table, what? which I love. Because Spike has the best little... Everyone oh else is God. like, oh no. And Spike's just his evil smile. He has like the best smirk. It's so great. <laughs> the fact that he's even at the Thanksgiving table when he doesn't <laughs> eat funny. is great. They like pull him up just to be like, eh, you're here. He also has the same smile when Buffy's fighting Huss and like mm-hmm. losing. And he's yeah. just smiling <laughs> tied to the chair. I also really liked his comment about... The whole battle, he was just waiting for someone to bleed a little bit. Yeah, yeah. nobody did. <laughs> I would love to see like uh, somebody wounded next to him. He's just sticking his tongue out, <laughs> he's trying to lick your arm. Yeah, I also I'd love the little set detail. I'm not sure if you guys noticed this. The centerpiece has a little stuffed pilgrim, and there's an arrow in him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. It's adorable. Oh, I kind of want that. And then when I'm going to go to my mom's house for Thanksgiving, I'll put it on the table. Like, we're using this now. She'll be like, what? Like, no. No. Conversation over. This is now our centerpiece. <laughs> so, I'm not kidding. I'm gonna, Someone make me that. <laughs> so this episode, uh, just since we're kind of at the end here, yep. it has a unique distinction among uh, Buffy episodes. Can either of you guess what it is? Second shortest. No. It's a first. Huh. First. First Thanksgiving episode. Oh, Xander calls Anya his girlfriend for the first time. Awesome. A little more... Which is adorable. Out, <laughs> outside of the uh, narrative a little more, think more the cast. Uh. It's a little tricky. <laughs> My brain makes it to the credits. <laughs> this is the first episode that Angel appears in, but Cordelia does not. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It feels like a riddle. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about how cute it is that Anya's getting all romantic? That she's Aww. like, we'll die together. It's romantic. <laughs> it's very different from usual cold, logical mm-hmm. Anya. <laughs> well, she, she's like pragmatic in a really interesting way where it's like, I do feel like, yeah, if she's doomed, she's like, ah, well, I'm going to make the best of it. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the lesson in pains? Pilgrims killed Indians. What? what? That's, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> This is a weird episode. It's kind of preachy, but then not. Yeah, the undertone is kind of sad. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point in a way where it's like, yeah, this is messy. There's no clear like, well, we all learned a lesson. We shouldn't have killed all the Native Americans. And it's not like, well, we shouldn't feel bad about it either. It's like, this is kind of weird. It's messed up that this is how the country started, but we can't dwell in it. And if there's... <laughs> You know, Native American ghosts chasing you. Feel free to take care of them. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird that we even did a Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. We're killing time before Adam shows up is what's happening. <laughs> Pretty yes. much. So, uh, are you guys ready to go international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirit. Ernie Dragon, Das Rhein Fleisch Canoe. Future Rifle International. So starting with pangs, there's actually Which is a weird title to start with. Can we yeah. can we talk about that? Like <laughs> hunter pangs, I guess. I guess so. They may as well have and said like period cramps by this point. <laughs> I right, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah one of those titles where you'll say the title. I'm like, which one is that? I'll remember it specifically because of like, oh yeah, the title doesn't really have. I mean, Wait really doesn't have much to do with the. This is not one of the alternate titles, but it should have been pangs giving. Uh, Fang giving. 
Have you guys seen Thanks Killing? <laughs> Again, that would also have been a good alternate title. But there's actually a, a whole bunch of them. Uh, most of them not that interesting. Alternate titles for Pangs, uh, French, The Avenging Spirit, Portuguese, Agony, generic there. I feel like that's just the thesaurus for Pangs. They yeah. were like, what the hell does Pangs mean? <laughs> They're like, well, angels in this one, there must be some agony. <laughs> and then German being as literal as always, Love it. the ghost of the Schumach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Germans. Well, I'm, I'm not going to confuse it with the other episodes. That's that's for sure. So the initiative, most of them are just some form of the initiative, like the German title on that. But the best one I was able to find, one of my favorites, I think, ever. And again, this is one I assume must be a common phrase in French. But in English, it just sounds charming. The French title for the initiative episode is Schemes in the Basement. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a Goosebumps episode or something. That's super cute. (laughs) It's the young adult version of Buffy. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a clubhouse kind of thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The babysitter's club. (laughs) (laughs) Schemes in the Basement, a a Buffy preteen novel series. Yes! Write that. Amazing. Now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. Mine is a little weird because it's not actually a Buffy slay. Mine is the slaying of Professor Gerhardt by uh, Hoose House, whatever his name is, because I just feel like that was surprisingly brutal. Which is like, all of a sudden, Ghost Demon, slit her throat. Especially for an, a character that, like, didn't deserve it. Yeah. Usually yeah. when we see that, it's like, okay, but she was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Like, like, she seems maybe a little uptight at, at yeah. worst. I mean, I don't want to be your buddy, but she's fine. Yeah. But she didn't deserve to have her throat brutally slit. So that's just like, for pure shock value, that's my slate of the week. So I, I felt like the, the slaying this this round was a little light. So I chose a non-slay, which was Riley punching Parker in the face. What? Ah. <laughs> I also, I felt like choosing any, like any of the Native American spirit deaths just felt so wrong. I was like, I, I can't. Mm, I just can't. <laughs> we did miss the deleted scene where Riley goes back and strangles Parker until <laughs> his um, eyeballs pop out and bleed all over the big eyebrows. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. and then, and then he methodically covers up the murder. <laughs> yeah. That episode was, was originally like an hour and a half long. <laughs> so mine might be weird because I complained about it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but I have Angel snapping the spirit's neck. Okay. When he launches himself. Just because, again, with a lot of stuff they shoot for Angel, it just looks really cool. They yeah. shoot him as a hero every time that he comes mm-hmm. flying out and just really aggressively snaps the neck. And you're like, oh, is he evil? What's he like when he is evil? Yeah. <laughs> like, then you get the, the payoff to that running joke. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it ki- kind of a little bit of a lame. I almost had my non-slay runner-up was Giles during that whole fight. Yeah. <laughs> he was, oh, buddy, man. <laughs> yeah, Ripper spinoff. Let's do it. There was also uh, Buffy slayed that vampire at the beginning of I think it was the initiative. Mm-hmm. No, it was Pangs, where yeah. he he delivers that weird line about go back where you came from. I'm like, she's been there for three years, buddy. Where the hell have you been? 
Yeah. That is weird. I went back and rewound it because after I got to the end, I'm like, well, that was kind of lame. Maybe I, if I rewatch that first slay, it'll be a good one. And it wasn't. Does he think that she's with the initiative? No. I think he means like L.A. But I mean, yeah, I, I think it was just trying to like get one of those vamp deaths to like fit into the theme of the episode. Okay. Yeah, that is super weak. Yep. Yeah. Uh, maybe we want to thank you again for joining us. Yay! Yay! It was super fun. <laughs> and encourage uh, stackers to check out Chaotic Neutral Adventures and the Innsmouth episode. Yes. Which Mike and I will be on. Yeah. We had a lot of fun uh, it's working on. Fabulous. It is absolutely fabulous. Of all, I think, honestly, I think of all of the ones that we've done so far, it's probably my most favorite. Yay! Oh, <laughs> uh, can you remind us again where stackers can find Chaotic Neutral Adventures? Yes. So uh, find us on Facebook, iTunes, uh, Chaotic Neutral Adventures, uh, or on Twitter at Chaotic Podcast. Awesome. Thank Great. you again. And thank you all for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Haiti Remember. And join us next time when we dust off something blue and hush when we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. Community. Teamwork. Courage. The, the initiative. initiative. I forgot to yeah. say that. <laughs> I thought we were going to look at each other first and say I did too. I was I ready. I thought we were not looking. You Sorry. looked away. <laughs> we'll feel it. <laughs> we'll know. Everyone just hold hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Creative. <laughs> Community. Community. <laughs> I knew it was Creative. Wrong. Curmudgeonly. <laughs> Kukaraja. All right, here we go. <laughs> Community. Teamwork. Courage. The, the initiative. <laughs> Your face. You're, oh, my God. That was really committed. You are courage. <laughs> courage. A little British. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, here we go. Here we go. Are we just saying the initiative now? I want to do one. I didn't like my community. <laughs> she has like, oh, she's like, guys, uh, seriously. <laughs> I just want this to be focused. <laughs> <laughs> go around and around, say the same six words.